Toto. I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. You're listening to Out of Oz, a podcast from Building 28 Church. Of Oz. Welcome back to another episode of the Out of Oz podcast, podcast put on by Building 28 Church, where we discuss the fantasies and fallacies of modern Christian culture with compassion, conviction, and courage. I'm your host, Peter Tragos, and with me as always is the pastor of Building 28 Church, Aaron Curran. What's up, man? What's up, dude? <laughs> uh, and we have we have some really good friends, actually, on the podcast today. America's Heroes are here with us. That's right. And in addition to where we we address the fantasies and fallacies of church culture, really what we're doing is we're addressing those fantasies and fallacies that exist in the culture around us that have infiltrated the church. Oh, okay. And one of those potentially is this uh, there's been a cry in our day over the course of this year of police brutality, um, defund the police, don't back the blue type mentality. And then conversely, there have been people who have risen up both in the church and outside the church who have said, yes, we have to back the blue. And so really, that's what we want to dissect today. And to help us with that on the show are two of my really, really good buddies. A strong eight on the Enneagram. Yeah. Oh, here we go. <laughs> I <even> started. <laughs> um, yeah, please don't. I don't want to Lieutenant Mike oh, Trill. Oh, that's cute. He's no lieutenant. By the lieutenant. way, when you first started, you said heroes. That's plural. You were wrong. <laughs> we don't want them Sorry to be there, confused. <laughs> go ahead. Sir. Okay. There's only one in this room. All right. All right. All right, right, right. So this is, you're getting a precursor for yeah. what we're in for today. No, <laughs> Major Mike Trill, Tarpon Springs Police, SWAT. Uh, the accolades go on and on. They're endless. We could be here for hours talking I think, about I think them. we should. Yeah, um, and uh, and I was man. just going to give so many compliments, but now I'm not going to. We can just we can move on to Hainer now. Uh, but my uh, Trill's been coming. He's one of the leaders in our church. He's been coming here, at building twenty eight for about six years, probably now. And and he's an awesome guy. I don't care how he comes across on this podcast. He really is an awesome guy. Yeah, and, don't uh, don't hold this against him. Good dude. Wow, he is loud. And then a strong and proud three on the enneagram. Yeah, I that's not where I'm getting every podcast known. No, we're not. Numbers. Just today. should um, identify yourself by your number. Jeff's getting an uncomfortable. An achiever yeah. lights up the room. High woo. Stop. Both of you guys are high woo from over. You're making Jeff uncomfortable. If you can okay, stop sorry. talking. Sorry, about <laughs> the demons are circling. Um, Jason Hayner, lieutenant. That's cute, right? That is cute. That's yeah. cute. Uh, lieutenant with um. Well, he's half your age, so yeah. I mean. I'm going to achieve my size as well. Oh, oh yes. I love it. Accomplished twice as much it. when I'm your age. I started out with these small man jokes. <laughs> All right. All right um, <laughs> Lieutenant with the, uh, is it Parker Brothers Fire Department? Ooh, close. Clearwater Fire okay, Department. Clearwater. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Station 45. Wow. Station 45. Station 45. Brand new also beautiful on the building. SWAT team. I can basically do everything he does and more. But uh, I mean, you I brought know. your axe. I brought my training. Axe. I brought yeah. my helmet. He did. This I is what we call. Uh, hero tools, and I thought maybe Trill would like to see a set of hero tr- tools. Yeah, pick that <laughs> Since he doesn't up. have them, literally, himself. my three year old can lift yeah. that because of his size. Pick, pick it up for real. It's it's a prop. I picked it up. My two year old yeah. picked it Last up. Last time exactly. I checked, Aaron's your three year old's a girl, Trill. But uh, also, Aaron, okay. if you haven't noticed, he can't lift that. He just left the chiropractor because he's broken, and that's <laughs> typically what happens. All right, so, that's because he's been saving lives all these years, man. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So just so, working one day a week, right? Is that that's yes. Awesome? I don't even have to. I don't even have to be here. Thank you, Aaron. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So so we are going to give you each one minute uninterrupted to explain who is America's true hero, starting with the elder statesman. Oh, no, go, oh, go with Hainer. Michael first, Trill. No, I, I, feel, I feel like Trill's rebuttal is going to be better Fine. than Hainer's. Hainer, go it's ahead. More thought okay. through, so. All right. Aaron, more I told you to let me through. drive the bus, okay? So, sorry, man. We're going to drive her off a cliff on this <laughs> That's episode. That's what it feels like. All right, Hainer, let's hear it. Look at- so I don't typically answer a question with a question, but I'm going to do that today. Currently, do we have a defund the fire department oh movement? No, we don't. There's no such thing. Uh, when our children asked us to go visit a station, is it ever the police station? No, no kid asked to go to the police station. They asked to go to the fire station. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are Provo. reasons that our children, our youth know the clear, the clarity to this answer, who is America's hero? Also, I have a few other things written down here. I'm sure you do. I think it's fair to say that we all have heroes. Mm-hmm. Batman, Superman, the fireman position was created so that policemen could have heroes. We know that. Okay. Policemen oftentimes aspire to be firemen. They 
couldn't make it in the police academy. Did you know the attorney position was treated so firemen can have heroes? No, I didn't. Yeah, but I can see that. Know. That makes sense to me. Yeah. We're here right. to make everything safer. Yeah. That's all. Thank you, man. We appreciate that. <laughs> there wouldn't be seatbelts without lawyers, you know? This is true. Now we have safety. And thankfully, we have firemen to help the people that don't wear seatbelts properly. Yep. You know? All right. So that's that's your minute. So, oh, so fi- fi- firemen, like, firemen, so your, your argument, just so we're clear, yeah. uh, the, the firefighter is America's greatest hero because children love them. <laughs> well, we go into burning buildings. We rescue no, people. We, we're, we're, we serve the public. We keep them safe. We, On the we way here, you pulled over and rescued a, a mom and her child. That's from a good their point. Car, I wasn't right? going to bring that up, but yeah. you're absolutely right. Yeah. yeah, rescued a mom and a child on the way over here. Uh, but uh, we're also humble. And a kitten so from a tree? Need to, a kitten. Yeah, that too. Okay. Took me a long time to get here. So kids want to be in fire trucks, not in police cars. That was was cute. That's because they don't do anything. That's why people don't want to defund them. They don't even know what they do uh, other than they do block the road really well on a crash. It's on the side of the road. They all block the entire U.S. 19. So I got them for that. Um, Listen, I respect firefighters. I really do. Uh, America's second responders. They're very important. Uh, We love them. Um, I thought about years ago, I thought about becoming a firefighter. Uh, but my parents had instilled too much self-respect and a good work ethic in me, <laughs> so I had to go with the uh, police force. Uh, but it's it's cute. Um, you guys are cute. No, thank you. And uh, they're pretty. Yeah, yeah, they, they are. Make they're pretty. Good I give them that. They make a good calendar. Yeah. yeah. Wait, wait, also, uh, they why have, you evidently also make that. good chili. I've seen his, uh, his social media. Oh. Posts uh, talk about burning buildings. They're dancing around in the kitchen making food together. They do that really well. So I got to give That's it. True. I love the firefighters. And again, but in all seriousness, uh, we need them. Uh, obviously, if if I have a hole in me, I want someone legitimate like you, uh-huh. Hayner, to plug me up. Yeah, he actually went to SWAT school. I was one of the instructors, and he did see that little grin on his face. No. He had that the entire. No, I feel bad. No, he's. That's how you win. He's I done love, this before, bro. Know, Come man. on, for real. Yeah, you know. I heard a story about how Tr- Hainer's gun was disgusting and grotesque, but you showed mercy. I will say on him. this: Trill did I show saved, mercy? Yeah, that's what he, he said. Seriously, my, you saved. You may not know Shh, this. Don't say that out loud, bro. You saved me in SWAT school. Oh, because well, the Lord. I, I'm a paramedic at the time. For the fire department, go through SWAT school. Trill, who this is the first interaction I had with Trill. When I saw him at Building 28, I was like, whoa, that's the SWAT guy. Uh, and my gun was not clean. If your gun was not clean while going through SWAT school, the entire team paid. So Trill knew that I wasn't a police officer. I was a fireman. My gun was dirty. And he said, we're going to keep this between you and I, but we're gonna, I'm going to show you how to clean your gun. Afterwards, he showed me how to clean my gun properly. You just, now you just ruined his rep- reputation. Yeah, I know. So, good job. Like just Someone so else you, is going through SWAT. Yeah, exactly. Hey, remember the time you Hainer a break? <laughs> exactly. I won't tell you about my first he interaction. By the way, I just, I just want to say this is very important. If you're watching this episode, the social media links of these guys will be underneath. And if you go to Mike Trill, Major no. Mike Trill's social media, he looks mean, but he is a teddy bear. He is so nice. He's charming on the inside. Are you going to give us a reason why, why the cops are America's heroes or no? We're just well, I talk just told you why great. the firefighters weren't. I mean, yeah. it's, it's that's a, a smear so campaign. Just you know like, what we do? We, we save have, lives, like, we protect, we serve, and we'll get into that a little later when we d- discuss all right. policing like what in the general. Size of but, car says. We'll have Jeff post a, a poll. Serve. Yeah, there'll be a poll uh, afterwards. And you guys you can, can vote, vote on, oh. on who it is. Oh, is there even? Oh, he knows how this ends. Even policemen know how this ends. Here, okay, all right. But I think we can all acknowledge that the popular vote is misleading. Yeah, and here's the other thing. They'll stage until we make sure it's safe for them. Hmm. So really, who are the heroes? They'll, they'll come up afterwards. I said the second responders. We go out. We take care of business. Make it safe for them. They're never on scene first. Well, and there's a reason for that. We call we call them the canaries. So they're a little bit more disposable than us. We send them in. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> and then they uh, make sure everything's good. And then the heroes go in and then we right. save the day. What he calls canaries. <laughs> you, you, you can, it's semantics. You call it potato. I call it courage and bravery, which they don't have. And we're good with that. <laughs> Oh my all right, God. All right, all right. So please, can we get this is over. Thanks for listening yeah. today, folks. <laughs> all right, all I love right. you, Hainer. I love Trill, man. I okay. love him. He's- in, all, in all seriousness, anybody tuning in who's like, what the heck's going on? Hainer told me right before this, you have, and both, both, these, both of you guys are great friends of Pete and I both, you have a robust respect and appreciation for the police department, right? I, I am appalled by somebody who does not value the job that the policemen do. And it's unfortunate right now in the times that we have that they don't get the respect and the admiration and the awe that they deserve. That I mean that in all sincerity. I, cool. I think that- And Drew, you, you have a lot of respect for what the second responders do, right? I love them. I love them. And I, I now take back everything I just said because he was so nice. <laughs> yeah, he is. Uh, <laughs> He's a sweet guy. Yeah. So, so let's get Small into- Small and sweet. 
What? <laughs> How dare you? All right, let's try to keep it on the tracks now. That was Thank fun. Thank you, Peter. But let's talk about law enforcement. Let's talk about first responders, okay? What are some of the issues facing law enforcement right now, Trill? And and I mean, a lot of people know what we're talking about. We can try to keep it semi-brief or hit the things that you think are most topical or important. And then, Jason, I also want to hear if if the firefighters are having any pushback or any feeling or any pushing to take sides because of the kind of connection you have with law enforcement? Well, I, I've taken notes on a couple issues. Um, we have the police brutality, which kind of already mentioned, systemic racism, anti-police rhetoric, those kind of things. And, and there's a, a questioning of police. Now, there's nothing wrong with questioning the government. There's nothing sure. wrong. I mean, in fact, like biblically, when a pastor preaches, we're, we're called to question and, and back it up right. with scripture. Uh, the same thing a, with police. Now, you look at the 1080-10 principle is what we call it. 10% support the police no matter what. I could beat Hainer up and people would go, oh, he deserved it. 10%, I could help him across the road and they'd say, police brutality. He touched his arm as he helped him across the road. The mm-hmm. 80% in the middle are the majority of people. And I think that's out there, but we hear the 10% on both sides a lot. Uh, but currently there is with some media outlets and there are people that thrive off division. Yeah. And they they live they live their lifestyle off division, and that's what they do for a living. Uh, so they want that consistent, whether or not the facts or evidence back it up, which I would argue that it doesn't back up the majority of things that are said, that they want to push that agenda. And that's what we see a lot. Now, again, I want to clarify that, that I don't expect just people to bow down and go, police never make a mistake, police never do anything wrong, uh, or why did you do this? I have no problem with question asking but you need to base it on evidence, data, facts, and not just an agenda set out or your feelings of a certain thing if you don't know about it. Yeah, you and I have talked about this quite a bit, especially back right after George Floyd died in May. And I think, correct me if if anything's wrong, but you have said there are dirty cops out there in in some areas. There are certainly cops who make mistakes, like as you just said, who just, they screw up. They they do something they're not supposed to, their training fails them. There might even be, I don't know if you ever said this, but there might even be whole departments that are kind of corrupt or, or, or bad potentially. So all those things kind of exist. They just don't exist nearly to the extent that the media has pushed the narrative that they exist. Is that, is that accurate? Craig, I, I, I don't know about, I've never said the entire departments. It, sure. Here's where, the way I look at it. And it's again, you talk about definitions a lot. People throw out the word bad cop, bad cop. Well, that means a lot of things to different people. First of all, I believe in the fall of man, which means we're all depraved. We all have sin nature. Even if we're saved, we still have the flesh that we battle with. So you have that. So we have people who are not believers in Christ that don't have the Holy Spirit that are police officers, which means they're going to do wrong just like we do have this Holy Spirit still sin. But there are evil. I would I would put them in evil. Those with bad intentions, cops that are out there that have bad intentions and bad actions, thieving, uh, brutality. They they will exist in the human race. They will exist in police work, just like any profession has people that are we we consider evil. Then there are what I consider bad cops, cops that aren't really good at what they do. There are those out there. They can make mistakes. Again, all of us, even good cops, can make mistakes. And and there are some bad cops, yeah. but not what I'm talking about, bad being evil. And then the majority are good cops. They love what they do. They're good at what they do. They they strive to improve. But again, someone might have an interaction with me and I consider myself a good cop uh, where I might have made a mistake. I'm human. I can err. I might have lo- lost my temper or gotten a little angry or said something I shouldn't. So we have that interaction. Uh, the third one is I've done a lot. Make the right decision handled myself the right way. And that person still thinks I'm a bad cop because I did not do what they wanted me to do. We go into situations all the time. We're going to tick off half of the people normally that we deal right. with, yeah. right? If, if Peter hits you and, and, or you defend yourself, you want Peter arrested. Peter says, well, he did this to me. I want him arrested. If I arrest Peter, Peter's going to be upset. His family member is going to be upset. If I don't have enough and I don't arrest Peter, you're going to be upset. Yeah. So somebody's going to be upset and say, well, there's a bad cop. So that's why definitions are important. And then there's also like the perception because I've heard many people be like, well, that cop, that cop just looked at me in a rude way or spoke to me in a hostile manner. And it's kind of like, 
you're just doing your your job. I mean, like that exists in ministry, it just exists in culture mm -hmm. where there's a lot of percept false perception, but specifically, and I think in a polarizing sense, when it comes to cops mm -hmm. and and everything you guys do is under the microscope. Um, so it's almost like I, I can't win, I'm sure. It's some cops feel that way potentially. It starts to 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 wear on police officers. Sure. Now, here's the thing. Again, I, I just told somebody this week, I don't really care what they think. If I'm doing the right thing, I know I'm doing the right thing. Um, I don't go purposely out to upset people. But again, people always talk about, well, my experience with a cop, my experience. And that's why I, I want to make sure people base it on reality and facts and data rather than, hey, that cop looked at me. Therefore, he thinks this certain way sure. and he is this certain way. Again, I don't mind being under the microscope, and that's the job I took. I know that people are going to look at me, question me. I'm holding myself to a higher standard. But again, as human beings, there are going to be failures at times, and there are going to be bad, evil intentions, and there's going to be mistakes made. Okay. Um, because of the importance of it, I think, be because of the higher standards, people expect more. Jason, what's it like for the fire department going through all this? Obviously, you guys work side by side with law enforcement. Um, you train with them in certain circumstances, like you talked about SWAT already. What's it been like and what has the response been from the fire department with all this stuff going on? Sure. So first of all, I, I agree with Trill said uh, wholeheartedly, and that's un it is unfortunate. For us as firemen, we don't have that same battle more often than not. Uh, when we are responding, it's strictly to help. And so there is a certain level of gratitude and appreciation and respect that is easier for firefighters to obtain than it is for a police officer because we are not upsetting 50% of our call volume. And that's just by job description alone. Mm -hmm. If you call 911 because you're in a car accident, you're happy to see us. If you call 911 because uh, there's a domestic dispute, whoever was the offender, we're still rendering aid to all parties involved. So there is, for lack of better terms, there is no bias. There is no decision to be made. Uh, we're treating everybody, even if, if it's an officer uh, and a subject, uh, we are treating the officer and the subject. So in the eyes of the people, in the eyes of America the or public. the public. Right. Public perception, you guys public are perception. Up. It's easy for us to look good. Right. Um, also, our mistakes are not magnified like a police officer's would be, right? So it may be noticeable to the agency if we got dispatched to a fire and I tell my guy to pull a line, I want him going through the office side door, the front door, and he goes through a different door. Nobody except for my agency right. is going Even to know knows. that a mistake was made. The fire will uh, at some point go out. Tactically, it was done wrong. It should have been done better. But public perception is these guys showed up, they put my fire out, they made a bad situation better. Right. And so uh, on the EMS side of things as well, you know, if um, a lot of it, I will say this, um, professionalism, personal interaction with what we would call our customers, because we're both public servants, um, it's also a little bit easier for the fire department to show levels of empathy, right? Because they're happy you're there. I mean, the point happy, is they called you, whoever's there, called yes. you is happy you're there and they they work with you right Correct. it's not like that for law enforcement so how has the how have the the condemnation how has that de been dealt with by the fire department knowing that your other first responders or second responders yes are dealing with you know with all this hate and all these problems in the world sure so I think that there, from fire to police, there is always a little bit of obviously the, this competition right. and uh, and and rub. But I think both parties have an appreciation for each other. But that, in my experience, has not trickled down to the job that we do. Mm -hmm. uh, there are ungrateful parties sure. that are, are not appreciative, even while you're rendering aid to them. They're cussing at you. They're swearing at you. And uh, as a public servant, yes, sir. Just real quick. And then what do you do? Oh, that's right. You call the cops. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, but, but uh, if I may interrupt, but this, there's a brotherhood here. Right. Yeah. Like they're, Army and Navy. They make fun of each other, but yes, they're both in the well, military. Well, sure. uh, the neighbor comes, picks on my little brother. It's on. Right. So I tease, I tease my little brother, but I will protect him with my life. And I take a bullet for Jason yeah. or any of them any day of the week. Yeah. But to, to answer your question, I feel very fortunate. Now, you, we have seen in some of... Uh, but have you guys done anything, I guess, to, to back up law enforcement? Have you done anything? Is there anything that 
firefighters try to do to, you know, help the situation? Do I realize there's not a, not a trickle down, but what do you guys do to try to help? So like public education wise, when we're running on parties uh, that seem to have an issue with police officers, I myself and my crew have no problem bringing correction to that. Like these guys are here to help you. You need to give them respect. But on a global level, there's not a movement. Global that initiative the, or something. There's no global initiative. It's, um, you know, education in our small circle uh, of showing respect to the officers uh, because we know the job that they do is important. But there is no global fire department, city, municipality movement to back the police because, in my opinion, what's happening is the police are doing their job, but now there's this um, – lack of objective truth and there's this subjectivity to every interaction that's had where people are now allowed to cast judgment on how it should or should not have gone. And there is no answer to that because it doesn't revolve on uh, an objective truth. And so I, I think that it would be difficult other than education and showing respect and appreciation to like have a, a formalized movement for yeah, that. And I don't think any police agency really would say, why aren't you doing that? Sure. We have yeah. their support we know we have their support and every time we run on calls together. So I, I don't think that's that big. Of a, I don't think it's going to have that big of an outcome if they did say, hey, we support. Well, no kidding you support. They they know that. And I don't yeah. think it's really pushing it's kind anything. Of but again, it's for these people that, and I, I want to make sure we keep hitting it. There's nothing wrong with questioning what we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you better know what you're talking about when you do and not sit back there with, with no knowledge whatsoever and just start casting aspersions against the police officer because you heard something, especially on social media, that you saw some meme or you saw a three-second video, which people love to do. They don't take anything in, in context. They take a three-second video and they're, they're castigating the police officers when they have no idea what that was about. If I could just speak to that. So uh, uh, Gordon Graham, who is an industry lead leading speaker uh, on risk management, uh, he has broken down into four categories risk. So you have high frequency, low risk, low frequency, low risk, high risk, uh, low frequency, and uh, low risk, low frequency. And then there's one subcategory with high risk, low frequency, non-discretionary time. And between police officers and firemen, there is a percentage of our calls, which would typically be the structure fires and these interactions where an officer has to draw his gun that is high risk, low frequency, non-discretionary time. And so if there's any um, knowledge of this like algorithm, you understand that in that non-discretionary time, you have seconds to make a decision of an interaction that is very high risk, very low frequency. You cannot reproduce in training uh, this type of uh, critical thinking. And so these decisions that are made have to be made one way or another. At the end of the day, we're going to be self-preservation. That's innate. And then they're crucified for that after the fact. If the decision can be Monday morning quarterback, if it was wrong, same as a structure fire, I have 30 seconds to figure out where I'm going, what my plan is, find my hydrant, relay my plan to my my guys. And then if there's any inconsistency or second guessing in that, the the entire operation goes off the rails. Do you try to change perceptive perception? Oh, absolutely. You do. Okay. Oh, absolutely. So, so, so what do you do to try to change the general perception of police officers? Oh, it's, well, it's communication. And, and in my position, I've already, I've addressed this with some of the community as well. Interaction with the community. When I was starting out, I would spend a lot of time standing on the street corner, just interacting with people. That's how I got my nickname. That's how everybody knows me. Uh, that's why 25 years later, they'll call me and says, I'm the only, you're the only one I want to talk to because they know me. With technology, society's changed. Everything's more technologically advanced, less interaction to begin with. You add to that the new millennial and then the generation next and then whatever the next generation is um, that come on and they don't have that interaction as much. The drive around. And I've always, when I was on patrol, I always said, drive with your windows down. I don't care if it's cold, put the heater on. If it's hot, put the air conditioning on, but drive with your windows down, separate that barrier, listen to what's going on. But it actually, even though the physical barrier doesn't do much, it's a window. If it's down, you you look more approachable. Um, Get out of the car, start meeting with people, start talking to people. And that's how they know that you're not like what they saw on social media, that you're not like what they saw on television. Now, there's always going to be that, again, 10%, no matter what you do, you're doing this because this is how you think because you're a cop. Uh, but the more you get to know people, and I, I tell my guys and gals, get out on the street, make contacts with people, 
that's how you do it. And then I, I explain logic and reason. If, if, if it's a more of a debate, like a one-on-one where we're discussing something, I'll give evidence, I'll give facts, I'll give statistics, I'll explain why. Uh, but in general, it's that interaction with people, getting people to know people on a certain basis because they live in a certain area does not mean they think or act a certain way because I wear a uniform does not mean I think or act a certain way other than legally. I should act legally, but that's a huge thing. And I, I was explaining to something, someone not too long ago that, and it's gotta be stopped with this automatic negative aspect of the police officer. And you tell your kids, they're not here to help you. Right. They're here to mm-hmm. harm you. They want to put you in jail. They don't care about you. So when that kid grows up from a young age, from three to 16, hearing that 13 years of that being ingrained you in him. can't think anything else. But when, when he, he drives that car and I see him run the stop sign, I'm pulling him over for a violation. First thing out of his mouth is you're pulling me over because you don't like me. You're this, you're that. And what does that do? It starts a defensive mechanism of the police officer. The police officer is not going to be as friendly. Probably he's going to be more matter of fact. So what does that do is that police officer now looks mean. So that just reinforced what he's been talking for 13 years to the police officer. This kid who represents whatever he represents is the bad kid. He goes back and tells his friend, the, the cop goes, tells his other cop, bad buddy, cop, bad kid. Yep. And it goes on the next guy that stopped and it, and it perpetuates this us versus them mentality. And it's hard in police work because you do, you hang out with a lot of cops because especially when the negative stuff comes in, it becomes us versus them. Echo chamber, everybody's that, that concept, agreeing, and yeah. and then you start getting calloused, and that that's that happens in police work, anyways. The callousness from calls and what you see and what you deal with, it happens regardless. But when you start getting callous towards people and having that they versus us mentality, that can also cause problems with the communication. So you do it with grassroots, almost individual relation, relationally, individually in the community is how you're trying to change perception. What about in the your police department, your police that's station. The, that's the. You're also doing it. You're also having these conversations with other cops, not just with oh, the absolutely. community. Oh, yeah. absolutely. With, with the community and other cops. And I don't think, again, uh, some global thing where police come out and go, you should back us. Uh, it's right, not it going to change help. that 10% right, right, right. that right. automatically hate you. But it is, it's understanding and learning. Now, uh, a lot of people go to the opposite end because you want to be, you know, so concerned about what people think that you become light and you don't enforce. I don't, I don't agree with that at all. We have a job. What, 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 were you, what did you mean by well, that? Well, backing off, we're not going to do anything because sure. we don't want the perception that we're bad. So we're not going to enforce laws in our city. We're going to let the right, crime right, run rampant. Right. So we you're have talking a job about cops. to do. Okay. Yeah. Police, police right. agencies. Right. Um, we still have a job to do. So I don't, I don't believe in backing off and being so. You can't compromise your you, job for the sake of right. public perception. And if you, if you do it, you still, you, your professionalism, you teach professionalism, you act professionally. Uh, and if, if I did it and hater doesn't like me still, I'm good with that. Okay. I'm good with that because I've done the right thing. I'm going to reach out and try to explain it. But like, again, if, if it's beating my head against the wall, there's only so much I can do. I can just continue to show I'm professional. And at some point, hopefully it'll get through. So I think basically what you're saying is in your community and in your department, if every cop basically did that, that's how, the best way to start a groundswell to change perception. Well, basically. From our standpoint, but the same thing it, on the other end, because people always like to talk about reform. Right. Police officers or police agencies are always reforming, means changing, adapting, uh, growing. We're constantly doing that with technology and how we deal with people and what goes on in society. They're constantly doing that. Most people throw that word out again with the definitions, don't have any idea what the definition is or have no answer to it. They just like like. to say it because they saw a meme on it on uh, Instagram or they heard something on the the news media. But again, if if I have a relationship with my wife and there's issues it's good for, I think I was listening to the podcast the other day about. Uh, uh, you think, is that your dementia No, I know, I, know I was listening to it. I don't know. At least, at least you listen to it. Yeah. The, <laughs> I, yeah. Hey, no, I, I actually heard every one of them. Um, but you should because you sit <laughs> around so the station time. all day for 24 <clears throat> hours doing nothing. Yeah. Uh, just, but, but anyway, <laughs> anyways, uh, about changing, right? Yeah. And if there's issues on both parts, both parts should be changing for the better. Um, but I'm talking about, so, so I agree with society, that. society, you need to say, here's the thing. And I, I, I addressed this, this is how I addressed it with society. When we get out of the car, don't avoid us or go get off my property because we're trying to interact. So society has to, number one, stop telling their kids that the, the cops are bad and, and, and ingraining this at a young age. And number two is when we get out of the car, don't say, hey, well, you're here to mess with me. I'm here to interact with you so you get to know me. And both sides need to come together. 
when I say both sides against society and police, not us versus them, but sure. as a whole. While I agree with you, I do think that creates a lot of issues when both sides say both sides need to do stuff. And I liked your explanation of what you're doing and you guys are doing what needs to be done. And that's all you can do, right? That's all you can do is within the department and within the community that you have an impact on. Um, I think that's really important. So Aaron, how should Christians look at this? Because when he, when he was talking about cops not backing off and being soft or caring about perception, I thought he was talking about people. Like maybe they just back out of the whole situation. They don't say I yeah. back the blue or they don't say cops are the worst. They just kind of sit quietly, don't do anything. How should Christians act and speak into this situation? So I think there needs to be, there's been a lot of supposed virtue signaling empathy for certain groups during over the course of 2020. I think that needs to be, there needs to be a legitimate empathy for what cops go through. Now, not certainly not on the level they do, but as a pastor, which is a public figure in a sense that is under enormous stress, under all types of judgments of how we're supposed to behave. To Trill's point earlier, just like with cops, like a lot of pastors are either super hard-nosed and go about it the wrong way, or because of the, the pressure of public perception, they compromise and they don't speak the truth. And so as a pastor, like I feel all of that. And so I can even kind of kind of understand maybe in a different way, not to the scale once again of what cops go through, the pressure these guys are under to always to do the right thing, to to treat people with with equity, to, you know, like I, I get that. And so I think there needs to be empathy for like what they go through. There needs to be education. Hayner mentioned that, like of, you know, we've some of us have seen the videos. I know that that social media and media itself feeds us what we already like to see. So some people haven't seen stuff. Um, but, you know, you can, you can look at these videos of people who are so quick to condemn the police until they're just put in a training exercise of having to, like, decide what they're going to do right. in, a, in a split second of – and then they're dead, like, in the training exercise. Like, they didn't do what a police officer do, and, and now they're no more. And so to, to understand the pressure um, and then – like, so obviously the text that comes to mind, you know, if you're familiar with, with scripture, the text comes to mind when we deal with this is Romans 13. It, it has to be. But I think a proper understanding of it, it says, let every person. So that would be the 10%, the 80% and the 10%. So every person be subject to the governing authorities. Those governing authorities would be Nero in the first century, unless he's doing something that's wicked, unless he's corrupt. And it would be police officers. It would actually be firefighters to a certain extent. It would be politicians today, Democrats and Republicans. So let every every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority, ultimate authority, except for God. And we need to keep that in mind. Like that, that police officers, politicians, they're his representatives. They've been put there for a reason, even if they're not honoring him in their works. God is the one ultimately who's put them there sovereignly. And those who exist have been instituted by God. Daniel speaks about this. I think it's Daniel chapter two, maybe it's chapter four, but that God has placed the kings in authority. And these are wicked pagan kings. Uh, therefore, whoever resists authorities resists what God has appointed, clearly, unless that authority is acting in a truly, objectively reprehensible way. Like if, if they're acting in a way that is condoning wickedness, then we resist that. But if they're not, whoever resists that resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. For rulers or governing officials or police officers are not a terror to good conduct. And we've heard a lot of this. This is biblical. It's also logical. Like, if you're going the speed limit down Highway 19 and, and you see lights in your rearview mirror, you're not that concerned. You're not that freaked out. You're not that stressed out. You know, it's if it is for you, it's because a tail light's out or some, you know. Well, I think, I don't think that's true. I think like what Trill's saying, like if your mom has told you your whole life, Okay. They're going to get you and the lights go on. You're doing this. You don't care what you're doing. You're going to freak out. There are perceptions and there is Right. But I think that's the bigger issue is sure. not necessarily always doing something wrong, but it's just this whole perception that's been created that is only making a circular argument worse. Like you're just putting, you're feeding this machine more negativity and it's just, it's impossible to stop if but that's I'm, your thought. But I've also talked to people who grew up with that type of thinking from grandparents and even from parents and from educators, and they have just kind of logically deduce that this isn't true. Like it's not, if I'm, if I'm so, so not everyone, sure. sure. Like people, people have, all of us have our stigmas and have our traditions and our mindsets, but I'm just saying logically speaking and biblically speaking from Romans 13, if I'm not violating the law, there should be no fear of police officers. Now, do they make mistakes? Do they misjudge at times? Sure. But typically there shouldn't be, a, there should not be 
if I see lights come on, I'm not freaking out if I know I'm law-abiding. But if I've had too much to drink and I'm driving home and I see lights come on, now I'm really worried. Now I'm really worked up. And I think that's the essence, at least in part, of what Paul's getting at here in Romans 13 is they're not a terror to good works, like to doing the right thing. It's a terror to criminal activity or to bad conduct most of the time. There are exceptions. And so it goes on here with that. But that's that's the idea is that they're representatives. They've been divinely placed there as representatives of God. And they're to be respected unless they're doing something, not just that's perceivably as bad, but something that's truly wicked and wrong, then they can be resisted. But otherwise, they're to be respected and they're to be followed. And so as a Christian, I think there's that empathy factor we talked about. There's there's educating ourselves of what they go through and and uh, what has to be endured with, with all first responders. But there is a respect that needs to be shown, which is just absent today. It's just absent in our culture. We've talked about this, but yeah. we're just in a, a super, super culture dominated by anarchy and and autonomy and wanting to do my own thing and nobody's going to decide anything for me and I'm not under any authority and we see that in the church and so just respecting that authority and then clearly and this goes without saying you know praying for it should go without saying but praying for them like a lot of us even though it goes without saying we just don't do that we don't pray for our governmental authorities our leaders Uh, Paul calls us to that I think Hebrews calls us to that there's a there's a prayer for like truly praying for them, for their protection, for them to do the right thing, for peace in the community, for the kingdom of God to roll out on earth through governing authorities, um, obviously through the gospel was paramount. But um, those are the things I would say. What are you going to add? Jason? I was just going to say, to your point, the culture and this cancel culture and this uh, anarchy and relative truth that what's true for me is true for me, what's true for you is true for you, I think shows itself most prominently in the interaction with police because they are in general, the ones enforcing the law. And so when there is no objective right or wrong anymore, when that is challenged, like you said, in the church, in the community, when it's in the community, it's in the public eye, and it's the police officer's job to enforce the law. So it seems to make sense that the the, the front runner of this uh, movement is on the, the shoulders of the police officer because of society's shift in thinking, because um, the, the lack of objective truth is so popular right now. And naturally, whoever is going to enforce what we would consider to be true or law is going to take the most heat. And so I think that's one of the reasons why the the police are getting such a a bad rap right now. And I'm also uh, of the belief that, like you said, the the stepping back is not the, the answer to that. It's just doing what you know to be true biblically, doing what you know to be true professionally. And and I think that we've kind of taken this issue and added a race element to it and, and made this a race issue between police officers and minorities. And I don't think it's as much a race thing as it is a cultural thing. Like it's the way that the individuals were brought up, what they were taught to believe. And that is cultural. That does not have to be specific to race. And I don't believe it to be specific to race. Uh, I believe that to be cultural pockets of communities who raise their children to believe this type of way. I mean, it's also experiences, right? It's not just they raise their kids, but there's reasons they raise their Correct. kids. Yes, that way. that's fair. So yeah. I don't want to just totally dismiss. Yep you know, what certain people think, but I think for Christians, the way I would look at it, which Trill might disagree with my analogy. I don't use a lot of legal analogies, even though I am a lawyer, but, (laughs) but I object. Um, but I think, I actually think he'll agree with me. So, so when we do jury selection, right, Mm -hmm. we pick juries, we get to ask them questions, think about how they feel about certain things or people, right? So a question we always ask, especially in criminal cases, but also in car accident cases, because we have officers testify to what they saw, what they did at the accident scene, but especially in criminal cases. And we ask potential jurors, do you just think everything a police officer says is true? Back five or 10 years ago, that used to be our fear as criminal defense lawyers, is there were so many people that are like, if he's a cop, he must be telling the truth. If he arrested him, he must be guilty. I mean, it's hard for people to understand now and believe that now. But but in reality, the we don't want those people on the jury because they're not thinking about it objectively, they're not thinking about them as people, right? Then you have the other side now, which seems like more than 10%. It used to mm-hmm. seem like that was more than 10%. Now you have the yep. other side who's just not going to believe anything a cop says. They're all dirty. They're all racist. They're all just doing bad things. Sure. Prosecutors obviously don't want those jurors, right? 
So Christians should be the jurors in the middle where they realize pe- police officers are people, right? They have certain authority. They can do things that regular citizens can't do. We should obviously respect them and pray for them. But we also need to realize and and give grace to the fact that they're going to mess up. There'll be bad ones. There'll be good ones. Just like doctors, just like lawyers, just like pastors, yeah. right? Just like firefighters. There are bad ones. There are good ones. There are evil Absolutely. ones. There are incompetent ones. There are ones that will make mistakes, because a lot of times that's what happens in these trials when we ask cops questions. We're not trying to say they're bad cops, but sometimes mistakes are made. Sure. And it happens, right? So so I think we need to look at cops as people, right? They're not infallible, but they're not all evil, right? I think that's we're all in agreement. Well, they there. are all evil by nature. Yes. Okay. We all are okay. man. But um <laughs> true. Back to the the, the the concept of should Christians back the blue. One of one of the points I was thinking initially was you you look at it through a Christian worldview, if we're discussing we should yeah. a Christian. And it all starts with, Christian worldview always starts with God. And God is a God of justice. God set out laws. To have laws you have enforced, of course, he would enforce them. <laughs> uh, but if you look at yeah. uh, biblical principles in the Old Testament, the watchmen, the, the armed guards at the wall, the judges uh, enacting justice. Um, so there is, and then, of course, Romans 13, the, the, the big one, uh, there is, I think, a proper place in Christian mindset to say this is a good thing, accepted and promoted, according to Romans 13, the concept of it. Now, again, we don't always, the earthly side screws up the, what, what is divine, right? God does it perfectly. We do it jacked up. Um, so I think with that in mind, yes, the Christian should support law enforcement. The 10-80-10 principle is not real numbers. It's right, just right, the right. concept of it. But not blatantly, like you said, not blatantly just throw everything down, no reason whatsoever, just everything you do is right. Obviously, that's a not a good approach. Right. But on the same side, and that's what I think we're seeing more now in society is no matter what you do, you're wrong. And that's not the one either. You should support the concept of law enforcement, support your law enforcement officers, uh, still hold them to that high standard that we should be living up to. Uh, we Understanding that we will make mistakes, make show grace. Uh, the ones that are evil, that evil intentions that are doing wrong, we don't want any more yeah, than call you them guys out, do want what you them. can. Sure. And yeah. we will. And they go, well, why? Why is it? Well, a, a couple of things. There might be more than one evil person involved. Or the other thing is, if Jason's a cop and he's evil, he's not going to do his evil works in front of me because right. he knows what I'm going to do. So it'll be more qu- quiet. So that his uh, cops cover for other cops all the time. Well, a lot of times, if that person is doing something wrong, I don't know it because he's not going to do it in front of me because he knows full well that if I have the chance right. to go after him, now I'm going to go after him because he's ruining, tarnishing my profession, making me look bad. Um, but yes, we should support law enforcement in that way. How, how do we do that? Again, is it nice? I, I love when the church would do stuff for uh, Clearwater PD. Would, Ch- would. Ch- we just did, we just well, did, man. Just well, you would. That, that was a little bit there, Whatever, man. okay. Keep, Not let, that let long ago. That was, okay. I, I sure. love when you, when we do we, actively. Yeah. Yeah. Go go ahead. Ahead. Police department ahead, too. Tarpon's kind of volunteers up there. I oh think, yeah, okay. right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're so cute. Um, so when we do things for uh, Clearwater Police Department, that's cool, right? And the, the concept of this that to, yeah. to show love and ultimately show the love of Christ to them, give them the gospel. Right. Um, and that's cool. And thank a cop. I mean, that's, that makes you feel good, but that's physically makes me feel good when someone comes up and just says, Hey, thank you. Or, Hey, you're doing a great job. Keep up the good work. That, that makes me feel good. But back to your point of prayer, if you want to talk about prayer is way more important for law enforcement than coming up and going, Hey, high five, or here, here, here's, right. here's a, a pat on the back because we do deal with a lot of negativity. And I, I've always said, I don't know how any Christian cop wouldn't believe in the doctrines of grace because you see the depravity constantly. Yeah. Um, and so you have a tendency as a police officer to always deal with the negative. No one calls up and goes, hey, I just want to tell you, come yeah. out here real quick. My neighbor and I are getting along fantastic. Yeah. And I just want to share that with you. <laughs> Thanks. Keep up the good work. They call when they're having problems. So right. the majority of times that we go to is someone is in a crisis or having a negative thing happen to them. Then with that, a lot of times we get the backlash and the kick. So that callousness comes up. Yeah. And it, even as a Christian, it can have an effect on you, let alone if, if someone doesn't believe in Christ. Emotionally, it can have a huge impact on you. Is there any part of the Black Lives Matter movement that you or you law enforcement going to get me to go here. <laughs> I just, I'm just wondering, like, like, obviously not the defund the police part, but like, 
you believe Black Lives Matter. Absolutely, 100%. Right. And then that's what that's what I mean. I, I mean, there are aspects of it that you can get behind, not the organization or whatever it stands for or whatever, but I mean, like, generally, the you condemn racism, you condemn white supremacy. Correct. Cops are not... You're, you're not, that's not what backing the blue means, right? That's kind of what I want to get to is that's not what backing the blue means, backing right? Blue, what, what does it not mean? It does not mean that you're for racism and for white supremacy Correct. and, and you don't um, care about black people. Like that's not what. Here, here's the thing. Man is made in the image of God. Every single human being is an image bearer of God. Right. Every single human being has value. Every single human being should be respected. Backing the blue is not a racist concept, right? Um, nor would be caring about people, uh, caring people about people's plights. But every every single person matters because they're made in the image of God. So, that right? Question, and that, no, that's I mean that's the point. Okay, I think like, there's there's people there are that trigger would think words. That. We talked about Black sure. Lives Matter, how it's triggering. It's annoying that it is. I don't know why people. I, I understand your position, by the way. Why why you said that? But I'm just saying, like that's the that's one of the biggest problems with the culture today. Is it's just like scaring silence when we should be able to talk about what we believe and think, especially when that's what it is. Well, I think the the problem with that scariness comes is so the organization right. versus the concept. Exactly. If you ask Correct. me- The plain meaning of the words. Black Lives Matter? Absolutely. A hundred percent. Right. Plain and simple. Right. And we all might not agree what the organization is, stands for, means, whatever. So that's why I'm not talking about the organization. I'm talking about exactly what you said and what you're talking about. And I think we're on the same page with that. And I think it's important for Christians to understand that, that haven't been backing the blue or whatever. Yeah, I don't I don't like any of these, these like groups I, or terms, to be honest. I, li I just like definitions better. I wish we could just live by definitions instead yeah. of words. Go ahead. I, I think what's unfortunate is that somewhere along the line, there is almost a, um, a side to be chosen. And it's been made up that if we support the blue, we're in favor of police brutality, crooked cops, right. bad cops. And there, there's this uh, fictitious uh, division that's not real, but it is pushed out there by social media. And I think, to be honest, social media and these videos that come to the surface have caused the biggest uh, disruption between people's thinking and the reality of how cops conduct themselves. It's not just social media. It, oh, yeah, you're, you're right. Media. You're absolutely right. right. It's not just it's, social. It, you're 100% yes. right. And because that people is, live off division. They want sensationalism. They want headlines. And ultimately, they want money. Right. To me. So it's good for a cop to be bad if I'm in some kind of thing yes. where I can make money off of it. Or I can make a cop try to look bad because that division will draw more attraction. The more attraction, I can have more money. Um, that's egregious to me that we are willing as a society, as a country – as opportunists to hop on a, ba a bandwagon of something that is a hot topic, discredit a organization that is here for our own safety, our own well-being, for the for the sake of ratings, for the sake of likes on a video. It's for not the really sake surprising of because I mean that's most people get rich off the backs of dumb people that are that are willing. Wait, to did make you that just rich. call me dumb? <laughs> oh, the people that believe it. Yeah. Not I, you don't get it, Trill. It's a, oh, okay. I'm saying people don't even understand that's what they're doing. They yes. don't understand that money's at the end of this rainbow. They're no. getting hyped up. They're enjoying yeah. the division, the fight, the anger, the passion, and, whatever it may be on both sides. Correct. I will say on both sides, everybody loves to fight and loves this passion and heated discussion. And they realize there's just a couple people up here that are just making money off all of them. They don't really care what the agenda is this week and as I long as everybody's going crazy. That is what. I have a hard time with right now is in all of this, how can we not objectively look back 50 years and say the values, the morals, the principles, our faith, the way the country operated was currently significantly better than what's happening right now. And with the way society has moved and we are not in a good place currently and we're willing to throw all that away for the sake of a rating or a like on the video or popularity or money. Like we're, our country is in, like, I feel like this uh, tilt where it's going to go one way or the other. And we don't care. All we're after, all the media is after is ratings and who's, their agenda. Who's the king in the Bible that like didn't care when God said, if you do this, I'm not, there's not going to be any money for your sons or future generations, but you'll be fine. It's, it's an old you put me on the spot. We'll but you to, know what I'm talking we'll about, right? Dub it in. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. But so that and that that's that's always yes. going to be the case. People care about the here and now, right now. And themselves. They don't really but care. You, you talked about 50 years ago. You just go back in history and you look at at civilizations and empires that 
many of them were found with a very robust kind of moral uh, mm-hmm. acumen about them. And each one of them, I mean, you talked about the Persian Empire, you talked about the Roman Empire, and on and on throughout history, they begin to collapse when things become extremely relative, when uh-huh. authorities are not respected anymore, yes. um, when people in power abuse that power. I mean, that was the church during, uh, leading yeah. up to the Reformation, like where they abuse that power for greed and for control. And, and it so must have been so hard for a Christian back then to think like, I'm not going to back the church. Like how hard sure. would that, what type of person would that have been like, I'm going to be the one that goes against the church but how and can the we guilt look and everything that goes? I mean, think about how hard that must so, have so been. So we back know then. we know them. So to kind of wrap this up, we know we know the media is wrong, but we don't have much control there. Right. Like, right. We, we don't no, really but, have any but, control. But people still will say that, and then they'll see next next day they'll watch something and buy buy into it. So that's all I was going to say is we can't control what they do, but we can control the narratives we're pushing and espousing and buying into. Right. And that's what we should do as Christians. Like we should be wise and prudent when it comes to this stuff. We should actually check our sources. I hear so much misinformation, even in the church, uh-huh. about about the COVID nineteen vaccine or about law enforcement or about uh, Black Lives Matter or whatever it is. And I'm like, where are your sources here? Like, where's the actual data behind this? Where's the facts behind this? Or are you just pushing somebody's narrative that you heard? And that for all sides, I think that is very important that we actually do our research. Um, that we respect those who are worthy of respect, which would be people in positions of authority who are not acting in wickedness, uh, that we follow the scriptural principles, and that we don't we don't just buy it because it has 3,000 or 300,000 views or likes on social media. Like that right. is that is a, an epidemic in the church today. That's where people my age and younger are getting their news, their information, and, and there's no there's where they're no getting their worldview. So, so where, 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 where do people your age get their news? <laughs> the typewriter <laughs> newspaper only when they have their glasses. Do they even have newspapers still? You have a newspaper, don't Not you? Not a shot. Yeah. <laughs> Not a shot. Well, you, you can't read. So right, I you know it. what? I think that's I think that's, I think that's it for today. <laughs> yeah. Um, before we fun. digress back down the rabbit hole. Right. Uh, and I think people's experiences are important and yeah. they do affect a lot of this. And, and so we're not point. we're not poo-pooing yeah. anybody's experience for you know, just being aloof to people that do have issues and have had inter, uh, negative interactions. interactions with bad cops or evil cops like we talked about because they do exist. But that shouldn't change the fact that we should still pray for them. We should still uh, respect them. And that's really what backing the blue means to to us, I think, here um, for Christians to hold on to kind of taking forward. Cheryl, thanks. Thanks for being on today, man. Fun. Thanks for having me. It was me. a major encouragement, bro. And, oh, that's <laughs> cute. And, and <laughs> but I'm really glad we brought a firefighter to this. Yeah, and uh, well, Hannah, like thanks for bringing your, axe to a your helmet. Yeah, I, like bringing I an said, axe I, to a gunfight. I wanted the policeman to be able to see a hero. Yeah, pick it up. Yeah. No, for real. Well, it's pretty heavy. Yeah, I know, no, I know no, for real. Pick it up. We're done for the day, folks. <laughs> thanks for listening to Out of Odds. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with your friends. And leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you listen. Out of Oz is produced by Building 28 Church and Podcast Royale. You can find out more about this show and Building 28 by visiting outofozpodcast.com. New episodes drop every Monday, and you can get each one automatically by subscribing in your favorite podcast app.